The content of this episode should not be confused with treatment advice or direction given from a mental health professional. Nothing contained in this podcast was made or intended to supplement or supersede relations with mental health providers or treatment. While Jeremy Levitt is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a mental health provider in this podcast. The same is considered for any professional that may appear on the show. Their views are solely their own and do not reflect any company or profession they may represent. Welcome to Mind the Gap, where teens have a voice and parents learn to listen to that voice. Here we will talk with teens about their everyday challenges and accomplishments and learn what they are facing daily and what their needs are. As parents, we will learn valuable skills from a licensed marriage and family therapist on how to be aware of the gap in communication and close that gap. Welcome to Mind the Gap. We we know it's been a while, but we're excited to be back at it again. And we'd like to welcome Austin. And Jeremy's here with us. What's up? So last week I had a situation that came up in my little family and I kind of didn't know what to do and how to handle it. And I thought this happens all the time. <laughs> so I thought this might be a really great topic to discuss. I think it's pretty prevalent with teenagers and kids and knowing what's best. So what happened is I had a child come home from an activity and they were extremely, extremely frustrated and they just went off in the car about their frustrations. And I thought, okay, is this child being whiny or is this child actually venting about a concern that they really have and how do I handle it? Because I don't like whiny, Mm -hmm. but I do feel like children need to vent sometimes. Absolutely. And then sometimes I feel like their feelings are valid. You're you're right. And they need, they need the, uh, I think the permission is the wrong word, but they need the opportunity. They need to feel safe venting is is the right word there maybe because if they're made to feel like they're always whiny well then you're never going to get the important stuff either yeah yeah so that's why i was sitting there going okay i don't uh i kind of get sick of listening to this sometimes but you know i have different children who will express different concerns um and yeah so i think i need to learn here with Austin, like what's the boundaries of it being whiny, it being venting, or it being a legitimate concern that let's take a step forward and how do we teach our kids the difference too? Like mom doesn't want to hear you whine. <laughs> Dad definitely doesn't want to hear Dad you whine. Doesn't want to hear you whine. Oh man. Older brothers don't want to hear you whine either. Right. <laughs> so I'm interested in Austin's perspective as a young person transitioning into adulthood. Like, are you ever communicative with your mom about, hey, this is just me venting or, hey, this is something I need you to fix? Like, are you are, are you aware enough to yeah. be able to communicate that? I believe that I'm aware. I hope that I don't come <laughs> off as whiny. And I don't think I do. I think when you're whiny, it's, it's not that big of an issue. And it's not something that's actually taking effect on you. It's just something that you want to be mad about. I don't, I don't really know. There, it is a fine line between being whiny and venting getting actual problems out when it's so hard being a parent because you don't ever want to tell your kid it's not okay to come and bring me something right um because there's some important things that i need my kids to talk to me about but if i'm always and i'm i'm guilty of this um if i'm always telling them you're just being whiny or stop whining or you're just complaining maybe i'm teaching them it's not okay to come and talk to me maybe they're going to be more hesitant to talk to me well, wow, that is a very fine line, isn't it, Sherry? Yeah, so I my, I find myself being the opposite. I just listen and listen and listen and listen. And then I think, okay, now am I teaching this child that it's okay that every time anything goes wrong 
or that doesn't go your way, you just get to lash out and, you know. Well, I think your approach might be the right one to start, right? Like get all the information, let them vet. And then because you're sitting there in non-judgment and you're sitting there listening and maybe even practicing some empathy with them, um, I think maybe you're creating the environment where you can teach, right? Because I don't, especially especially my kids, I don't want them ever feeling like they're a victim. And I feel like a lot of times when they're in that whiny mode, they're in victim mode. Yeah. Right? And I want to help them learn not to go there and they have responsibility and they're not, right? But maybe you're creating the environment where you can actually teach that and I'm just creating the environment where they don't, <laughs> they don't even want to talk to me. I don't know because sometimes I think I'm just creating a monster. <laughs> do you ever challenge it in the middle of it? I do. I do. Like, um, I try and help them see the situation as coming from the perspective of maybe the person that they have felt like they've been offended by yeah, or right, that's right. said something to them that they don't like. But then sometimes I find myself making excuses for that person that, oh, maybe they're having a bad day or maybe they were just didn't understand what was going on. But then am I validating that behavior from an adult to a child? Sometimes that's not okay either, you know? Yeah. And I I guess the hard part there is if, if we as adults, as parents do that, it has potential to be very invalidating to our children. But at the same time, we hope and we can only hope that they develop the skills set to do that. They're like, they should never take anything at face value. They should always be thinking what's going on here. That's when they can do that. That's some learning how to practice empathy. Okay. That person just yelled at me. It wasn't okay, but here's what's maybe going on in that person's world. Like that's things we want them to learn. And at what age that's developmentally appropriate. I don't know off the top of my head, but just knowing your kids, like they're, they're old enough to, to do that. So you would have to help them. Yes, man, this is a really (laughs) messy area, isn't it? Because, well, here's, here's, I guess, the underlying thing. You have to create an environment where you can teach them. And just outright saying stop whining or stop complaining does not do that, right? Um, There may be a time and place for that after you've had a conversation. But in the initial, the venting is okay. I think when I'm working with parents, a lot of times what I help them focus on in these types of scenarios is, Okay, they've got their venting. They've got they've got the all the you've got all the information. You've asked a lot of questions to get information. You're trying to learn, right? You're trying to understand before being understood. And as a parent, that's the the goal when you're having these conversations is get as much information as possible. Ask uh, questions that give you more information that aren't there to teach or just to understand more. And then maybe you create an environment where you can teach them something. Maybe you create an environment where you can say, hey, have you thought about this? And I think we have to go with our gut because I think sometimes maybe that even that's inappropriate. Yeah. Right. If my son had a rough day with friends and he was really feeling it and maybe with me asking questions, his friends were just really just being jerks, which I know, you know, at that age, 14, our friends have potentials to be to be jerks. Um, maybe that's not the right moment to teach. Right. Maybe I just need to let him feel it and let him know he's safe so he can keep bringing me stuff and help him. come. Here's the worst thing, though. Never make the solutions for your kids. Right. Especially once they hit like that eight, nine, ten, like help them come up with the solution. Don't ever do it for them. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. I remember um, Austin might not even remember this. I think he was maybe four or five and we were at a friend's house and her older son was 
hurting Austin. I can't even remember throwing balls at him or something. And he came downstairs and was tattling or not really tattling, but just like he was telling me, Hey, this kid needed been, help with the boundary. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's, yeah. This kid's been throwing balls at me. I don't know what to do. Yeah. And at four or five, I remember thinking, Ooh, okay. Do I run up there and just solve the problem and tell the kid, listen, you don't throw balls anymore, you know? But I remember, I, it's crazy because I really remember exactly where I was sitting. I remember the whole scenario. And I go, I remember thinking, this is going to be a moment that I can teach Austin to empower himself. Right. To go up there and tell the kid, look, you can't throw balls at me anymore. I don't like it. I'm done playing this game. And um, so I did. I taught him. I gave him some tricks to how to handle the situation. And I remember this other mom of the boy was looking at me. She's like in shock. And she says, why don't you? Just go up there and tell him to stop, you know? Right. And so I think there's different situations that, yeah, we can teach our children how to empower themselves. I like that. Like, what are, what can you do to help solve mm-hmm. the problem in the situation? But Austin, have you ever come across situations? I mean, even coming home to us um, when you have felt like you wanted to just express yourself, like, just I just got to get this out or and have felt. Yeah, and when I handled it wrong or handled it right, when I talk about my problems with my parents, it's usually because it's something that they see like with sports, and they all agree with me. So it's a lot easier for me to (laughs) vent. It's because they're venting with me. We're mad at a coach or at a player, a teacher or something, and it's just mutual agreement. So it's a lot easier for me to vent. So has there ever been a point in time where either where maybe Austin has been venting, and you're like, "No, Austin, you got this wrong." Can you remember a time where that maybe happened? Can you think of a time, Austin, that I that I redirected? So this is what I've always tried to do. I try and redirect it sometimes. I don't know if that was ever right because maybe mm-hmm. that wasn't validating their feelings. But mm-hmm. sometimes it was like I try and redirect the feeling to be like, I don't know. I come up with a different situation to kind of not get them to not think about that. But maybe I think I did that with more with Austin. Mm-hmm. He was always really easily redir- redirected. So I could say, hey, you know, let's let's not think about that and let's think about something else. And he would just let it go. That worked for Austin, okay. you know? Did he, I don't know if that was healthy. <laughs> well, but did he ever bring anything to you? Maybe he's complaining about a friend or a teacher or a coach and he's just wrong. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Yeah, with my teachers, sometimes my dad is like, well, just, he always talks about playing the game. Like, well, oh, I don't want to yeah. play the game. I just, yeah. Like if a teacher gives me a bad score, on like a homework assignment and drops my grade. And me, I always think that it's not my fault. I think it's the teacher that they're just a lunatic or something. My dad's like, well, just do the work, just study and do this, do that. And he kind of just redirects me that I I am the problem, not the teacher. Well, it's my lack of. And you're, the teacher may be the problem, but thinking that way doesn't. Yeah, do it doesn't solve you, anything. Right? So, Especially if she is the problem, then it's going to yeah, make it worse. Yeah. So dad's right. Play the game, right? Just yeah. figure out what you need to do. Take control of what you have control over. That was I love that because Dad's basically telling you stop being a victim. Yep, pretty much. Right. Yeah, I remember too when Austin was in elementary school. He had a teacher who was um, complaining that he wasn't doing the math problems the right way. This is ridiculous. And uh, we had a meeting, mm-hmm. and she said, "I don't like that he will call me out in class. Not call me out in class, but like will question the me." The method. Her yeah, way the method. of getting to answers was yeah. ski wampus. And so I said, well, I've always taught Austin if something doesn't go right, he can he can question it, yep. you know? And so... That's how he learns. Yeah. And dad said the same too. You guys both were on my side on that. Yeah. 
Right. So going to bat for your kids is really, really important, right? Our kids need to know that that's something that we can and will do for them in appropriate times. But sometimes that also means stepping back and helping your kid realize that this isn't the time to do it. Um, I think this, this conversation really goes over quite easily into teaching your kids empathy, right? Cause if they're venting, that's great. Like get them to talk, have them talk, explore feelings in those questions. Like don't just let them vent you know, fruitlessly, like if they're just venting, that's, you know, good, but help them explore what they're really feeling and where maybe they felt rejected or hurt and help them put words to those. And then after they're feeling better, because even talking about emotions and labeling emotions helps us to feel more at ease and calm. Um, maybe there's that opportunity to be like, okay, well, so what do you think the other person was feeling? Right. And if they can get there and say, well, I feel like they're feeling this and well, then you can have that conversation. Well, what they did wasn't okay, but you can understand maybe why they did. Cause we've all had those moments, right? Where we did something out of our value system because we were feeling something. And I know that's hard, especially with the younger kids, because I know they can go on forever. Yeah. They can talk and talk and talk and mm -hmm. complain and complain and complain. And it's I exhausting. I think it's safer to, as a parent to accidentally let them become a whiny person who with less empathy, if they have a really strong relationship with you, then to be like, oh, no, don't talk to me about that. And then they just have no relationship with you. Yeah, I agree. There's, it's, it's trying to find that balance is important. Yeah. But if you have to err on one side, it would be let them talk. Yeah. Right. So um, I was just thinking about like I have a friend who their daughter just they don't seem to be bothered by much. And it could just be a totally personality, just okay. a total personality. But like she will come from the same situation that maybe one of my kids came from and my kid sees it totally different and they're going to whine and complain. So I'll mention something to my sister-in-law or my friend and I'm like, hey, did your child mention this to you? And she's like, no, my kid didn't even seem to be bothered, you know. So I kind of want to get my kids too to understand like don't, don't let every little thing bother you. So then you come home from your situations, whether it be school or, you know, church activities or extracurricular activities or violin or piano or whatever it is, you know, and just sit and vent frustration about your teacher or your instructor or a friend at that class, you right. know? So I'm trying to find the balance between teaching my kids that it's okay to vent. It's okay to have those feelings, but also sometimes we just need to let it go. And it's really not, maybe you're making more of the situation than what it really was. Yep. So that's kind of a hard balance too, because I want my kids to be able to feel free to talk to me anytime I don't want to ever shut them off. And I'm afraid if I ever do shut them off, then they would be less likely to incline to say something. Well, and that's true. I think maybe the difference between like those two kids that we were just talking about there is one's a little bit more resilient. Um, or maybe that kid processes emotions differently. Like we all process emotions differently. Yeah. So, you know, I'm the kind of guy where I don't necessarily need to talk about it. I just need some time. Right. Whereas my 10 year old needs to talk about it ad nauseum and just keeps going. But I love Deacon. He's amazing, but he, he likes to talk. That's for sure. So I, I think the, 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 the challenge there in letting them talk and we, we need to let them talk and we need to let them vent for lack of a better word, express maybe is a better word, right? Express other feeling. But in those moments where we, we want to teach them at the same time, we just have to talk to them about what control they have, right? What is their control, right? What do they have control over? What power do they have in this specific uh, situation? And sometimes their power just looks like I need to let it go. 
right? Sometimes that's their power. That's the control they have rather than I used to say um, to some of my clients, why are you letting this person live in your head rent free? Right? Like this person's bothering you. You have feelings about it, obviously, but you sitting there and dealing with this over and over and over multiple times a day. Like this person's, you're not getting anything out of that. You're not solving the problem. Your brain just thinks it is. Anytime you do something like that, you get a little bit of dopamine. So your brain thinks you're solving a problem and you're not doing anything. So I think focusing with your kids on what power they have in those conversations is training your kids to not need to have those conversations necessarily as much anymore. Um, because when they feel like they have power then, or when they start to learn what their power is, then they can start resolving it on their own. Yeah, that's a great tool. I need to start doing that <laughs> with some of my kids. What control do you have over that situation? Yeah. And, and there, obviously it has to be age appropriate. You're not going to ask a six-year-old, all right, what's your, what's your control right. here? What power do you have? Yeah, I might have to guide them and coach them a little bit. Yeah. But So Austin, I want to know too with your friends um, – this is another situation that I, I find happening with my kids at different ages is they're um, being frustrated with friends and their friends venting and saying yeah. mean things about each other. And, you know, sometimes you're really like my kids are always really uncomfortable. Like, hey, this person said this about my other friend and they get caught in the middle of somebody else venting right. or somebody else being whiny to them, you know. So I'm also trying to teach them okay well it's not real that's not kindness to talk about other people but you know so how do i teach my kids to what that boundary what is that boundary is for them with within their circle group i mean austin do you guys find that within your friends that you listen maybe to somebody saying something about one of your friends that you're close with and it that's hard i always try to defend everybody like when i hear people talking like crap about this person or gossiping about this person even if I agree, I'll try to be like, well, at least he, at least he does this, or at least she's this, or at least, you know, try to, I don't know. It's actually a really good tactic because you're setting a boundary when you do that. Cause they're going to learn, well, I can't go vent to Austin and get validation for what I'm feeling. Cause he's just going to tell me what's awesome about this person. Yeah. Right. So that is in itself setting a boundary. And I think it's a really positive trait that you have. That's really cool. It's also important to also listen though, if they are venting and they actually do have like a really issue, a a real issue with this person and they need to talk to about somebody. You can't just be like, Oh, well that's not true. This, you could still listen yeah, and just listen. You don't have to be like, Oh yeah, yeah. That's, so you're, they, you're they talking about at. superficial stuff, but on a deeper stuff, you're like, yeah, like I can listen. I don't have to validate yeah. what they're saying, but I can, yeah, you can validate their feelings. Yes. Right? I get why you would feel that way. Right. Like, that kind of stuff. So sometimes maybe it's good just to teach the kids just to be a good listener. Yeah. Don't, you don't even have to join in. You don't even have to sometimes validate their feelings. Sometimes just listen. Yeah. Maybe. Just be like, oh man, that teach sucks. The kissing, yeah. Right. Like I used to say that a lot as a kid. Cause the same thing happened to me. Like they come to complain about another person. I'd be like, oh man, that sucks. I'm sorry. Right. But you also have to be okay with saying, Hey, look, this is my friend too. And I don't want to hear anything about it. Right. Like I don't want my relationship with this person to suffer because of, your feelings right so it's it's okay to be like i don't want to hear that too yeah i haven't had to use that one very often um i do have a, a mutual friend with my not it's my wife's friend but i guess she's more of an acquaintance to me and my wife is really you know talks with this person a lot and i've just ha- kind of had to say you know i just don't want to hear about it because it'll tarnish my relationship with that person right and so it's okay to set that boundary too sometimes but 
that's a that's a tough one because then we're getting into the to the the line of is this real not real is this something that this person really needs or is really needing to discuss to to process or is this just gossiping yeah right and right. gossiping has it never there's never a purpose for that right and i see that happens often with teenagers though and with even with my younger my daughters my daughter you know, if she hears something that someone said this, someone said that, and then I just have to straight up go, okay, that that is straight up gossip. So as a parent, we're constantly judging the content, I think, that's coming out of their mouth. And yep. sometimes that's, you know how I, was it last time or a couple times ago, we talked about mental fatigue? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> like, I'm really feeling it lately. Right. And so my kids are coming to me and they're, they're all exhausted too with this whole, they want life to normalize. Yep. And life isn't normalizing. So, Austin, what do you feel like as a, a future father, looking back, ooh, tough question, looking back at how your parents raised you, what did they do right with listening and what did they do wrong? Or could, let's put it another way so you feel better about it. What could they have done better? Hmm, I got to think about that one. I've never really had an issue talking with my parents, but sometimes it's like you get scared that they're, you're just going to be judged mm-hmm. and like told off instead of mm-hmm. agreed with. Right. So the, the fear that they may not be on your side, completely on your side. Yeah. That's so a tough a, one. As a parent, how do we, um, how does a parent overcome that with their children? Or is that just something that might, just that's the way it is. Yeah. I think some of that comes with maturity, right? Cause I'm sure looking back to your parents and even you're old enough. Now you can look back and be like, okay, I didn't like that in the moment, but I understand why it had to be that way. Yes. Right. I for sure see that with my parents, but even looking back to my childhood, like my dad was pretty reactive when I got on his nerves and that didn't help me want to talk to him. Right. Luckily my dad's a lot more patient now. My dad grew a ton, but I remember being a, a young kid, just even afraid to like bring something up and not because he was mad at me, but just because he's had a rough day or it was long and he was short tempered that day. So, you know, looking at my own relationships with my kids, I know I do that too. And I'm not teaching them. It's okay to come talk to me. And so I'm not even getting the opportunities. Maybe think about it this way. I'm not even getting the opportunities to have the conversations where I can say, stop being a victim because they're not even bringing it to me if I'm acting that way. So, so when I was growing up, I didn't talk to my parents a whole lot. They had eight kids in nine years. Yeah. We were all like stair steps and seven brothers. So I just always felt like my parents did not want to hear my problems. And there were so many times I wish I could have gone to my parents with different situations. And as adult now, I think I am dealing with a lot of those feelings and emotions that I had as a child that I wasn't able to express to my parents, you know? So I think I raise my kids the total opposite. And so that's why I think sometimes I'm creating monsters because I'm like, oh, tell me everything because, you know, and sometimes I'm like, maybe I should help them understand, like, you don't need to vent everything to me. You don't need to tell everything to me. Sometimes it's okay to internalize some things. And I like how you said, like, teach them control over their own emotions and say, okay, I can handle the situation myself to empower them to handle the situation. Right. 
I mean, you're not going to get that, though, without that open dialogue, right? So maybe because there is a flood of information right now, that's a good thing because it's giving you the opportunity to teach. Whereas if there wasn't any information, you couldn't teach a dang thing. So I want you to think about it this way. If, if you, well, I want you to think about it this way. You've created an environment where it's safe for them to bring this stuff to you. And that's great. And that's beautiful. Maybe the lesson there is this stuff doesn't go to everybody. You take it to your safe people, right? And you're one of those. This isn't something you, you know, this is one of those things where, you know, I think we've talked to some of the earlier podcasts that people have to earn the right to hear your shame. I think people have to earn the right to hear your venting too. Like it doesn't just go to anybody. So maybe there's a positive in this and that you have created that safe place for them to vent so that you can teach. Right. So I don't think you're creating monsters. You're just creating opportunities to teach. If you think about it that way, that makes me feel better. (laughs) (laughs) You, You have a lot more opportunities to teach than somebody that just shuts them down all the time. Yeah. Right. Which that kid can, you know, grow up and be resilient too. But at the same time, like the path to get there is going to be full of bumps and resistance. And, and he's going to learn a lot of things on his own that maybe dad or mom could have taught him if there was that open dialogue that he didn't have to, he, you're maybe creating an environment where they can feel things safely. Whereas somebody who doesn't do that is creating an environment where that kid has to feel things alone. And that's hard to, they can do it. They're resilient, but. It's hard. Um, well, Austin, as I want to, um, as we close up here, what are some things that as a teenager and actually coming into adulthood, Austin actually just turned 18. He had a birthday. He's 18. I'm an adult. You can't even buy cigarettes anymore. <laughs> yeah, you can't do that anymore. You have to be 21 now. Oh, that's good. You can go buy a gun though. <laughs> yeah. And I could vote too. Yep. Um, so... Having experienced, you know, childhood and teenage years and coming into adulthood, what are some things that you would love to let parents know about helping their kids with communication? I'm going out of your way to make sure they know that you could talk to them. Even if you feel like you're being pushy, just so that they know, like, if I have to talk to them about something, that they'll be there and they'll listen and they're not going to just shove me to the side. That's great. I like that. Any specific ways that you could say a parent could do that? Yeah, my mom does it all the time. And I always think like when I parent, I'm going to be like a mix between the two. And I've already seen qualities of both of them in myself. But like when it comes to like talking with my kids, I think my mom uh, it can sometimes be a little too pushy and like tell me everything. And then my dad just never asks. So yeah. I'll be like right in the middle of that. Yeah. How do you find how to be right in the Maybe middle? Maybe know that? when to ask right and when not to ask. What was that? Maybe know when to ask and when not to ask. Yes. And just from a young age, just talking to them from a young age about I don't know, just not trying to get into their personal lives because as a kid you don't want like your parents like knowing everything about you. You don't want to tell them everything. You do need some autonomy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But just knowing that they could talk to you like if you have a problem at school like with the teacher or like how good are the kids on the playground that you're playing basketball with just little stuff like that just so they know that you could talk to them love it love it that's something i know i could work on i have a bad habit like my 10 year old is pretty emotional not in a negative way he's just learning how to express himself and he feels things hard 
And so sometimes I'll cry and I have this bad habit of saying, yeah, I think crying about it. I think you should totally cry about it some more. That's totally fixing this problem. And I'm just totally shutting him down in that moment instead of helping him learn. So that's something I could work on for sure. I think as parents, we all do that occasionally, you know. I'm pretty snarky, though. I think I've done that too many times, especially to my younger ones. I mean, boys are so much different for me than my girls. Yeah. The boys have handled things differently. And so for me, it's it's learning the the balance between and making that judgment call between what's kind of important information that they're telling me and then what's them just being venting, you know, and, and listening. I hope that my kids always know that they can come talk to me about anything because, you know, I felt like I couldn't talk to my parents. Yeah. And not because they didn't care, but just because of situation time yeah um so i've always wanted to be available for the kids anytime they needed anything to create a safe environment whether they want to just vent whether they want to be whiny you know but like i said i just didn't want to create an environment where they just couldn't i like how you said learn how to control their their own thoughts and Mm -hmm. put words to what they're feeling Mm -hmm. so that then they can take control over their own situations so I came into this not sure which direction I thought was appropriate or not. Because obviously every situation, every family is different. But after talking, I think I really do feel like you're on the right track. Because at least, even if they are whiny right now, at least you have created an environment where you can have that conversation. Oh, hey, that, you know, you're kind of feeling like a victim there. And that's not helping you. Like, if you just shut them down and be like, stop whining, then you can't even have that conversation. Yeah, that's so true. I think you're on the right track there. I'm not failing yet. No. Well, we're all we're all failing, but that's okay. <laughs> I know sometimes I <clears throat> I look at Austin now and I'm like, okay, did I fail? Because now he's an adult. Like, how well did we do as parents? You done I did good. I think he's <laughs> he thinks he did good. He thinks good. He's good. I think I might. So. <laughs> it's good confidence right there. Yeah. He's gonna go and live on his own and come back, and you're gonna be like, who the heck is this kid? I know. Hopefully that we taught him all these correct skills to be a successful adult wait until he does something as an adult you don't agree with that is a fun conversation i hear yeah, raising then you're adult- not allowed to tell me what to do oh but she'll tell you how she feels about yeah, it yeah no they'll try <laughs> i hear raising adult children is actually harder you know not raising adult children but having parenting? Adult, parenting yeah you can parent your adult yeah. children still. parenting adult children is harder so but lawson's been pretty easy so hopefully it'll continue Maybe that's where he'll make all of his mistakes. That's all right. <laughs> he's he's well equipped to learn from them, right? Like you've yeah. done your job and he's well equipped. Yeah. I'll be okay. He's going to come home one day and like, mom, I'm getting a tattoo and I'm dropping out of school and I'm quitting work and I'm going to go on a road tour with music. And my wife and three kids are going to be living in a, in a van and mom's going to be like, oh, please don't. <laughs> You're going to do it anyway. That's the hard part when you're an adult. You just got to let your kids do it. Yeah. And I'll say, as long as you go to a beach, every once in a while, I'll meet you there. (laughs) Oh, I need a beach right now. We all need a beach right now. Well, we hope you've enjoyed today's episode and have learned um, some new skills and ways to express your thoughts with your children and your teenagers and to give them an environment to where they can communicate with you. So Jeremy, yep. any last thoughts? Yeah, just the final thought. I and we didn't, we don't really have time to get into this, but just as a as a, a final note, you know, it's good to teach your kids to talk to you and to vent. Sounds like a negative word, but I think you all understand what I'm saying when I say vent to your parents 
or to let your kids vent to you, but maybe don't the flip, the flip side of that is not appropriate. You should not be venting to your kids. Like don't put that on them. And we didn't really talk about that, but that's an important thing to recognize that's that is not something you want to model for them. Right. So find your own sources for that, please. Good point. Really good point. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you'd like to reach out to us, we can be found on Facebook at mindthegap-teenstalkwelisten or on Instagram at mindthegap.welisten.